Okay, good morning. Good morning, KIC. We can do better than that. Thank you. Good morning. Um, lovely to see all of you here. Any new people? New people? Woo! <laughs> Renew people. <laughs> new people in the house. Um, um, oh, okay, yes, we've got somebody who's coming in. Great, fantastic. Okay, somebody else is new. Um, don't run off after the service. At least say hello to someone. We love guests. We love visitors. So we will bless you, and we continue to bless you. Um, thank you for choosing to join us. So um, what time is it? Uh, 10 to. Okay, I'm going to try as much as possible <laughs> to be on time. But um, just to set the context, we have been doing a series on relationship. We started last week. For those who were not around last week, we started off uh, with marriage. Um, God desires that we have healthy, godly relationships that reflect on who he is in our lives, as well as who he wants to be in other people's lives. So relationships are so, so important. And really, we've been praying into this season that we have wisdom for relationships. So last week, we started off with marriage. If you missed that, it was so, so great. If you missed it, um, it's on the internal mail that goes out. We normally record the sermon, so that's available. Um, if you don't have that, talk to Rory. He can um, connect you or can help you to access that. So today we shall be focusing on singles. All the singles in the house say amen. amen. We love Jesus, so we say double amen. Amen and amen. Let me see your hands if you are single in this house. That means you don't have a ring, you don't have a certificate. <laughs> Put up your hands, okay? There we are. God loves you. God has amazing, amazing future for you. So we praise God for that. Now, as Rory has talked about, um, those who came in a bit late, there is a box at the end. Even as we go through this series, we're going to talk a lot, but we can't cover everything. So if there are questions that are burning on your heart and you really want to know more about different types of relationships, please, 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 when we finish, uh, grab a cup of coffee, grab a piece of paper, write down your question and leave it in the box. We are going to be addressing those questions as we go along. And then on the 27th of March, if you have a diary, please mark that date. We are going to have a question and answer session and address some of these things that are so, so important in our lives. Okay? So, um, let me start this preaching with a story um, because that will really help to maybe put this in context. This is a story about an elderly man um, who had three children. And he was kind of advanced in years, so he wanted to um, leave his wealth and distribute his wealth amongst his three children. So he called them into a meeting uh, one evening. Um, and the first one he said, um, I mean, he told them, basically, I'm advanced in years. I need to start leaving my property or my wealth with you. So the first child, he says, I'm leaving you with these three houses. I have three houses across different parts of um, the city, so you have them. They are now going to be in your names. And the first child was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dad. Lovely. And then he looked at the second child um, and he said, I'm leaving you with my fleet of cars. He had like four cars, uh, beautiful, very good, well-maintained. And he said, I'm leaving you with these four cars. And the guy was like, oh my goodness, thank you, thank you, dad. This is wonderful, this is wonderful. And then he went to the third child and uh, he opened his drawer, pulled out an envelope, and then he gave to the third child. He said, I'm leaving you this. Um, I got this when you were born, and I want you to have it. 
okay? So the third child was a bit disappointed, but he kind of tried to hide his disappointed and say, you know, okay, thank you, dad, kind of thing. And so um, when the father dismissed the children, they left. Um, and then this child, as he, as he was leaving, he opened the envelope and he saw this um, um, white paper and there were some writings on it. And he was like, this is so disappointing. I mean, like, these guys get houses, this guy gets cars, and all this guy can give me is a paper, really? So he threw it in the, west, in the trash can and he left. So later on, the old man was going around his house and he noticed that this envelope was actually lying in the trash can. So he picked it up and he said, hey, I had given this to my son, what happened? And so he called the, the, the last born child and he said, look, I left you something. Why did you throw it in the bin? And, and the, the, the son really you know, poured out his disappointment. He said, dad, how can you give my, my, you know, my siblings all these things, uh, big things, and then for me, all you give me is a piece of paper? Really, dad? So the dad asked him, do you know what was on the piece of paper? Did you read what was on it? And he said, well, I read, but I didn't understand. I said, well, let me explain. It was actually a stock certificate. This is a stock certificate. Now, the value of the stock, if you cash it in right now, you can buy houses, you can buy cars, more than what I've given your siblings. Not only that, you can invest in buildings, you can rather in businesses, you can invest anywhere you want. So that's the value of the stock certificate. Wow. So, what is the morale or the lesson in this story? Well, there's a lot of things, but one thing I want to just highlight is if you don't understand the value of something, it's likely that you will dismiss it, you will abuse it, you'll ignore it, and you'll trash it. And then, secondly, you will start looking at what other people have and you begin to envy them, run after what they have, and you ignore what you have been given. And this, unfortunately, is the problem or the challenges with single people. And this is the way many, many people who are single treat singleness. You see, like the young man in the story, many people don't really value singleness. And it's not surprising. I mean, really, it's not. If you think about the way that our cultures treat singleness, most of our cultures treat, you know, they, they look down on you when you're single, especially when you're single for a long time. They see it as a source of shame. Even in the church, when you look at, I mean, in the, in the Bible, when you look at many stories within the Bible, you look at, look at people like widows. They were ignored. They were sidelined because of the fact that they did not have husbands. And it still happens today. There you are. It still happens today. So it's not really surprising that many people don't value the beauty and the gift of singleness. They see instead, they look at this thing called marriage and they say, this is more important. This has more status. This has more value. So like the young man who is envying what his siblings have. And yet, at the heart of it, God looks at singleness and gives it to us as a gift as a gift. And, and, and uh, by the way, marriage is also a gift. Um, if you look at the, the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, you know, when Paul is talking about relationships and he's really zeroing in on, on, on the gifts of marriage and singleness, and he says, um, I wish all of you were like myself. I wish all of you were as myself. Um, but each one has his own gift one of one kind and one of another. In other words, you might be married, you might be single, both of them are gifts. So singleness, marriage, both of them are gifts. Get that, if I can get you to buy into that, half this sermon is basically done. 
get that in. They are good gifts, and they come from a good, good father. Amen? That's what we sang, a good, good father. You know, the way that God gives things is really, really amazing. God gives generously. When you look at the way the, the Bible describes God's giving, he gives generously. He gives anticipating your need. He knows what you're going to need, so he gives you anticipating your need. He gives good gifts. There is nothing that is bad that comes from the Father. He gives everything that he gives is good. And there's another version. I love the, the amplified version. It talks about God's giving. It says he gives advantageously. He gives you a gift to give you advantage, to, to, you know, to, give you, um, to make you go ahead beyond what others would normally go. So God's giving is really, really amazing, especially when it comes to this gift of singleness. But keep in mind, it's not about comparing singleness with marriage. Both of them are good gifts. There is none that is less important or more important. They're just different gifts, okay? So again, emphasize that singleness is a gift. Now, as a single person, there is nothing wrong with desiring to be married. It is a good thing. However, if you are single, it's important to understand that what, the value of, of what you have in this season, right, in this season of singleness, don't dismiss it and don't go too quickly into what you want because there is value in this season. And like the sun in the story, it's very tempting to trash the whole idea of singleness in the can and then hunker or go after what other people are, are having and then completely miss out on the value and the beauty of this single, so singleness. So uh, in, in the rest of this sermon, I really want to unpack this gift and, and really just um, show God's heart um, concerning uh, what this gift of singleness is about and how to best cash in on it. You know, it's like the guy with the stock certificate. If you don't know what to do with the stock certificate, it doesn't look worth anything. But if you do know how to cash on it, you can go very many places with it. So let's, let's start with a question. How many people in the Bible do you know were single? Let's hear. Paul, the apostle, okay, good. Daniel, okay, another one. Mordecai, interesting, interesting. Wow, there's some example I've not thought about, but okay, yes. Melchizedek, the priest. Interesting. Okay, this is interesting. <laughs> Jesus Christ, hallelujah. I was waiting for that one. John the Baptist, think about it, John the Baptist. Jeremiah, very specifically given instructions, do not marry in this season. Nehemiah, the guy who rebuilt Jerusalem, uh, the city, the, the walls of Jerusalem. Um, and we've mentioned all these others. So there are very, very many people who were um, uh, gifted um, and, and valued um, as single people. Do you notice that they were very successful? Every one of these people we've mentioned were very successful in their purpose, uh, in their God-given purpose. Do you notice that? So contrary to what many cultures teach us and talk to us about, you can actually be very, very successful as a single person. Amen? Amen. So... The major beauty, and, and again, I want to just underline this, the major beauty and the strength about singleness is that you have two things. You have freedom and you have flexibility. You have freedom and you have flexibility. And it enables you to invest and enrich your life by pursuing three major types of relationships, and we're going to talk about them. 
but just keep that in the back of your mind, freedom and flexibility. But these two things have to be run, they have to be, there has to be a sense of responsibility and understanding around them. Otherwise, they can be grossly, grossly mis uh, abused, and then um, you reap very, very terrible fruit out of them. So freedom, flexibility in the hands of God are very beautiful things. And I'm going to talk about the three types of relationships that as single people we can really invest in because of our freedom and our flexibility that will help to really um, enjoy, that will help us enjoy our life and have a life that is really very, very high quality despite the fact that we don't, uh, we are not married. Amen? The first relationship is, and this was mentioned last week if you're paying attention, <laughs> relationship with? God, 100%. Thank you. Ah, you guys are sharp a lot, so take that one. The most important relationship you'll ever have in your life, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're half single, half married, you're in the, you know, in the process of getting married, whatever, whatever. Really, the most important relationship you will ever, ever have is relationship with God. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, again, we don't have time to really go into the details of this chapter, but um, in this chapter, if you have the time, really meditate on it. Uh, Paul emphasizes that even though we are free to choose between marriage and singleness, understand the value of relationship with God. Now, in marriage, there are um, divided interests, okay? You're busy serving God, but you're also busy serving all these other people around you, your children, your spouse, your in-laws, da 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 but in singleness, this is really amazing, is that you can be single-minded about God. Okay, singleness, you can be single-minded about God. Paul prioritizes devotion to the Lord as the key thing, the most important thing for both singles and for marrieds. Huh? First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. I don't know if we're running together. Excellent, thank you so much, Jimmy. Um, that's a beautiful ministry, by the way. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35, it says, I say this for your benefit, not to lay any restraint. In other words, don't force yourself to go either way. I don't want to, you to be restrained into something, but rather I say this so that I can promote some kind of good orderliness and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Undivided devotion to the Lord. The word devotion means to seriously set apart um, or to dedicate, seriously dedicate. And so we can be devoted as single people, especially as single people. We can be single-minded minded about our devotion to the Lord. You can pursue God with single-mindedness. Keep that in mind. You know, one of the people I, re one of the people I, re I really admire in the Bible is, is somebody that we kind of, you know, it's not like one of those headline characters. It's, it's someone that is very, was very, very quietly mentioned. The prophetess Anna. Remember her? Prophetess Anna in Luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 37, if you're taking notes. Um, it says there was a prophetess named Anna, and she was advanced in years, uh, you know, having lived with her husband for seven years. So she had been married for seven years and she, uh, since the time she was a virgin. And then she was a widow up to the time of around 84. Okay? So that's like uh, approximately 80, year, 80 years, 80 years as a widow. And then it says she did not depart from that temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. I mean, this is a life that really challenges me. 
Every single day, she did not depart from that temple. Now, um, of course, in this, in this setup, this was the physical temple, but for us as single people, the temple, we are the temple of the Lord. And in this context, I mean, you can, you can take this lesson and look at, I do not depart, I don't need to depart from the Lord. I can be with him night and day, every single time. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can compare to a strong and a healthy relationship with God. It is very precious. It is very, very valuable. In fact, when Paul was talking about it, you know, one of the things he said, he said, um, when I compare knowing God and all these other things that, that have happened in my life, I count all these things as rubbish compared to the value of knowing God. Can you imagine that? His doctorates, his certificates, his, uh, you know, his reputation, everything. Okay, so it's your marriage, your children, blah, 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 as rubbish compared to the value of knowing God. Okay, now he's not saying, obviously, it's trash, trash, rubbish, but he's just saying the value of knowing God is so much so superior compared to anything else that you will ever encounter. Okay, so um, as you deepen your relationship with God, uh, particularly for single people, you are laying a very solid foundation. This is one of the value of a relationship with God. You lay a very solid foundation for your life. And this is why God gives literally everyone, even the married people who are single at one time, eh? he gives everyone a season of singleness to really get that foundation solid. We sang about foundations in this song, and really it's very apt. Christ is my foundation, and I need to be embedded and rooted in him. Because with him, Life becomes superior quality, no matter where I am. But without him, no matter what I do, there is a, a, a uh, how, how do you say, a devaluing of life. So the foundation is critical. You know, I, I love build, going to construction sites. Eh? And uh, last week when we were at Moira's and Jerry's place, I had the chance to look around. I don't know if you've been there recently. But they're doing all sorts of very interesting things with their house. Um, you, know, you know, putting up a room here, putting up a room there, da 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 but it's interesting that they can do all these things because they have a solid foundation. And where the foundation is weak, they brace it up, etc. But the solidness of that foundation enables them to do all sorts of things with it. And so it is with singleness. You see, whether you're single for life or you're single for a season, whether you're going to be a career parent or a stay-at-home parent, whether you're an employer or an employee, whichever station in life you are. These are the, you know, the bits and pieces uh, of, of, of our life. But the foundation, the foundation has got to be solid. And that season of singleness is a time when your foundation can be really, really solidified. So that wherever God takes you, I mean, whether he takes you into a marriage, or he takes you into the village um, to start some project, or he takes you into um, uh, another country, or he takes you wherever, you have a solid foundation and you can build on that. So don't be too quick to dismiss that. Um, so think about, think, about, um, think about it in that sense. Jesus says, you know, concerning foundation, he says, whoever hears my words and listens to my words, in other words, whoever dwells in my words, thinks about my words, He's like a man who built his, his life on a rock, you know. When the storms came, the winds blew, and please note, it says when the storms came. It doesn't say maybe the storms might come. It says when the storms came, the wind blew, the, you know, the, the, the rain, the water, whatever, but this house stood solid. And that's the value of a foundation. You know, I don't know if Carol is here. Carol, Carol is... Um, 
one of our discipleship students, I mean, I, I really, I had, I, I talked to her last week, she was here in last week's service, and I really blessed her because um, she's, you know, over the last few couple of years, she's had an amazing story. She first came to this church um, looking for um, the word. You know, she, she was looking around, she was going to different churches, and she was not really happy with what she was getting, so she ended up here. Um, and then she joined discipleship classes. Um, but she couldn't attend regularly because she was transferred to Rakai, which is several <laughs> kilometers from here. Um, but she loved the word so much that she actually decided to join Bible College here in Kampala. Um, to really enrich her life with the word. So I was blessing her last week, and I said, what you are doing will go on to produce fruit for many, many years in your life. So just imagine, she's, she's actually still working in Rakai, so Monday to Friday, she's in Rakai. She comes over during the weekend, she goes into class in Kampala, this is where the Bible college is, stays the whole, and then goes back to, 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 uh, to work. That's a very good investment, and she can do it because she's single, she can afford to do it. Um, so I blessed and I said, man, you are really, really going to reap big time from what you are doing. So your life will be enriched when you pursue God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And singleness affords you that amazing, amazing opportunity. So we've talked about relationship with God. We're going to talk about another key relationship that you can invest in as a single. What is that? Man, interesting. <laughs> okay, it's relationship with yourself. Thank you. Somebody got it right. Eh? <laughs> relationship with yourself. You see, many single people, unfortunately, don't have healthy relationship with themselves. They, they suffer from this sense of incompleteness, you know? So, so they're always trying to get complete, <laughs> waiting for someone to complete them. My God. And so, you know, when you talk to such people, they tell you, I'm bored with myself. What a terrible statement. <laughs> they are lonely. They're ashamed of their status as single people. They suffer from insecurity. Many of them suffer from insecurity and lack of self-esteem. It's terrible. It really is. And then they're afraid of how others see them. Eh? If I say I'm single, let me just put up my hand halfway. And then the problem, what makes this even worse, that in an attempt to address this whole, all these issues, what they do is they build this picture of marriage, okay, that is supposed to fix and solve all these issues that they have in themselves. They see marriage as a solution to all these issues. And then they create this illusion, okay, if I get another person, at least they will help me. At least they will solve my problems. At least they'll take away this loneliness. It's a very sad situation. You need to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. If that's the situation, marriage is not the goal in life. Marriage is not the goal in life. You notice the people were saying amen are mostly married people. But, <clears throat> okay. Okay, I need to be kind. You know, I'll admit something. I'll confess something. When I was writing this sermon, the Lord told me, please be kind. <laughs> okay, so if I go a little over the age, yeah, just wave your hand and say, I will get it. Huh? So I need to be kind, okay, to both married and single as much as possible. But I'm really passionate about this because I've seen so many, so many tragedies that come out of wrong thinking concerning singleness, really. So marriage is not the end goal of life. To be like Jesus Christ, that is 
the end goal of life. That's what you are supposed to be destined for whether you're married or single. Marriage does not solve anything. In fact, it magnifies a lot of these issues. It's something that Rory mentioned last week. If you're paying attention, very close attention to someone, it magnifies a lot of these issues. So if you're a bored single woman, you're probably going to end up as a bored wife. If you're an insecure single man, you'll probably end up as an insecure husband. If you're a lonely single man or woman, you're probably going to end up as a lonely wife or husband. In fact, let's take a close look at this issue of loneliness. Because, you know, we could do all the others, but I want to address this loneliness issue. Did you know that one of the leading causes of adultery, that's unfaithfulness in marriage, is actually loneliness? Did you know that? Loneliness. You can actually be married and be lonely. That's something. That's, that should tell you something. Okay? What is loneliness, really? Loneliness is a feeling. And like all feelings, really, were given to us by God. But they are indicators. You need to understand how to read feelings. Okay? They're given to us for a purpose. Loneliness was given to us to say to us, or to say to me if I'm lonely, that you have disconnected from God first, and you have disconnected from your neighbors. This is the right way to read loneliness, okay? Now, the, the way to deal with loneliness is reconnect with God, and then out of that overflow, reconnect with your neighbors, okay? Not to run into marriage, okay? <laughs> it is very possible to be single and not be lonely. I have been single for 50 plus years, and I tell you, I have never been lonely. Actually, I have to sit down and think, what does it feel like to be lonely? I have no idea. Really, I don't. And a lot of my single friends, people who are healthily single, I mean, we, we, we take the opportunity for being single to enjoy life. I know, I, you know, recently a friend of mine really basically just jumped on a plane, flew off to Egypt, and said, I'm, you know, I've gone on holiday, I'm having fun by myself. She took a two-week trip in Egypt and you know, saw the pyramids, da, 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 came back, and she was like, man, it was the best thing that I've done in a long time. Amen? Amen? Amen. Once in a while, I also do that. I mean, I basically just jump into my car, drive off to a nice restaurant, sit in the restaurant, have fun with God, talk to him about, man, I love you, Lord. You are the best thing that ever happened to my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then he talks to me about his, the future that he has for me, the great things he's organized for me. Okay, I need to be careful because now the, some of the marriages might start to be thinking. <laughs> okay, but, but you get the gist. You get the, you get the gist of it. Eh? And when I'm finished, I drive back in my car. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful car. I absolutely love it. Thank you, Lord. I come back home and I sleep and everything is super, super great. Hallelujah. You know, life is too rich for you to be lonely. And a lot of the times, you know, you're hankering after things that don't exist. Many of you think, you know, couples have everything. But the reality is a lot of the times they also struggle. You can imagine a scenario like that. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay, I mean, a scenario like that, imagine, okay, it's Valentine's Day. Okay, and you say, okay, we're going out tonight. What time are we going out? Seven, no, let's go out at six. No, seven, no, six. Okay, let's say seven. But why do we go at seven? Well, we have booked the restaurant. Okay, fine, let's get in. Seven o'clock comes. Hey, you're not ready. What do you mean, Andre? You're, you're impatient. 
No, give me time. You know, I just need extra time. You're always late. Why are you always late? We said 7 o'clock and you're still not ready. Okay, fine. You resolve all that. You get into the car. Driving and then you're stuck in a jam. Look now, we're stuck in a jam because you were late. What do you mean you are stuck in a jam because I'm late? I told you to go the other way. You should have followed the other route. If you had followed the other route, we would not be late. And now we're going to be late at the restaurant, and then we'll find we only have leftovers. Anyway, you resolve all that. You get to the restaurant, finally. Okay, so you're like, okay, where's the menu? Who on earth decided on this restaurant? Look, the meals are like expensive. Tilapia for 200,000 shillings. Who decided that? Well, it was kind of the neighbors who recommended it. The neighbors, why are we listening to the neighbors? Really? 200,000 for tilapia? A tilapia dish? Honestly? Do they think that we have money that's flowing out? We don't need to go into this. Let's go to another restaurant. No, let's stay in this one. We have booked this one and this village. But why can't we go to another restaurant? And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> so did you have a nice Valentine dinner? <laughs> but I recommend the tilapia though. I recommend the tilapia. <laughs> Um, whether it's 200 or not. But, but this is the issue. The realities of, and the practicalities of, of, of living with someone. Sometimes single people underestimate those. You know, you need to thank God. Sometimes God is a savior, and he could very well be saving you from trauma and drama in marriage. Do you understand that? <laughs> so, you know, when you're walking along by yourself, you, you need to celebrate that. Lord, thank you. And you don't have to deal with drama and trauma. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so, um, you know, singleness really affords us time, unlimited time to spend with God. You know, look at people like Jesus. He would often go out into lonely places to pray. John the Baptist, staying in the wilderness. Isaac, when he was single, by the way, if you read the Bible um, carefully, before he got married, he would often go into fields to meditate. When you spend time with God, meditating on his word, you learn, first of all, not only to love him, but also to love yourself. To love yourself. And that's the way to become whole. So if you're headed for marriage as a single person, you need to know that many marriages will crash and burn because of all these issues that you're trying to run away from. Insecurity, loneliness, and so on. Now, am I saying that you need to fix yourself and be perfect before you get married? That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? But you need to take advantage of this period of singleness to, first of all, identify some of these issues, get to the heart of them. Why am I having these issues? You need to really identify these issues and then at least be on the journey to addressing them before they show up in a very ugly way in other relationships in your life, okay? It's kind of like boarding a taxi, Let's say you're going to Kampala and you want to board a taxi, okay? It's far better to realize, by the way, I don't have bus fare or I don't have transport before you get on that taxi. And then you can at least do something about it. You can borrow from your sister, your brother, whatever, and then when you get on the taxi, at least you have something. But if you get on the taxi and then halfway you reach Jana and realize, hey, when the guy is asking for fare, you don't have any fare. By then it's too late. You'll be thrown off. And that's the thing with singleness. If you can address a lot of these issues that um, exist in our lives, um, that, you know, that are sort of fractures and brokenness in our life, you can start on the journey to addressing them. The marriage becomes all the more sweeter because you will not have to deal with many of them in 
close and intimate relationships like marriage. Amen? Amen. So thank God for singleness. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities available in singleness. The greatest commandment that God ever gave us is love. Is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and all these other things. To really love the Lord and be in relationship with him. And then the second is to love your neighbor. But then it says, as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Which means if you don't love yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you look down on yourself, if you, don't, if you devalue yourself, it's going to be very, very hard to love another person. That's the reality of it. You need to learn how to have a good, healthy relationship with yourself. And then you can love other people. The reality is you are a wonderful person. You need to discover yourself. You are really, really a wonderful person, recreated by God. God never creates anything um, of low value. Everything that God creates is good. When he was creating that, everything he, he created, he would sign off and say, this is good. This is good. So I have been recreated in Christ, so God is looking at me and signing off. He signed off, this is good. So you are a beautiful person. You need to discover yourself, who you are in, in Christ. And singleness really affords amazing opportunity to do this. Amen? Amen. And then that brings us to the third, third relationship, third, um, third relationship that really you can invest in as a single person. And that is godly, healthy relationships with friends, with others. Hello. Yes, you are awake. <laughs> with others, with family, with friends, and so on. You know, the reality is once we connect with God and once we have a very, very healthy relationship with God, we desire to connect with others. That's just the reality. We desire to connect with others um, around us. Um, God's promise, by the way, God has made many promises to single people, and you need to have the time and check the time to look at, into those promises. God is faithful in his promises. This is what we sang over and over again. So look for promises that are very specifically speaking to you in this season. And his promise to single people is that I will place you in families. I will place you in families. That is his promise. So he's not holding back on you. It says, no good thing with the Lord withhold from those who walk with him uprightly. So he's not holding back on you. He says, I will place you in families. And those could be different types of families. They could be biological families, fine. We all have biological families. Okay, maybe some of them are not really that perfect, but we are there. They could be extended families. That could be the 200 plus if you're an African, okay? 200 plus relatives. They could be church families, like in a setting like this. You have potentially, you can connect with so many people, both singles and marrieds. It could be friends, the friends that you grew up with, the friends that you're with right now, uh, work colleagues and all those. So God's promise is that he will connect you with these people. And many, you know, the, the question that is at the heart of many, many single pe uh, people is that how do I meet the right person? How do I identify who's the right person? What do I use? Well, the first thing is to start by having healthy relationships with other people, okay? Family and friends. You know, many of the married people will tell you that's how they met their spouses. You know, it's a network of friends and, and, and so on. You know, it, um, think of people like Ruth um, and Boaz. You know, through a network of relatives, through the mother-in-law, she was able to actually connect with Boaz. And there are many examples, both in the Bible and also around us. So don't cut yourself off from re healthy relationship with other, other people. But as I, as I sort of finish, one thing I need to really, really caution young and single people, actually old, single, old people as well, <laughs> 
is to learn while you are single to build clear boundaries. Amen. 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 I'm saying that as well. Learn how to build clear boundaries. You know, there's, um, the Bible has several scriptures where it talks about you should not move your neighbor's landmarks, okay, or you should not move your neighbor's boundaries. Okay, that is speaking two things. Number one is you need to have boundaries, and you need to respect the neighbor's boundaries. Two, you should not move them. You understand that? It's very, very important that we have boundaries. First of all, boundaries in relationships, okay? You know, and it's not just... Starting with employers, for example, you need to have boundaries with employers. Joseph, uh, in the Bible, is a classic example. He worked for Pontifar for several years, but he was very clear about what he allowed and what he did not allow. And what he did not allow was absolutely not, I'd rather lose this job, I'm out of here. Very clear, very strict, okay? So keep that in mind, keep boundaries. Um, you need to have boundaries with friends, especially those of the opposite sex. My God, it amazes me. You go out and you meet somebody that first day. The second day you're in his house. You're cooking for him. You're washing his clothes. You're cleaning his house. Why? Well, he cares for me, he loves me. No, he doesn't. He's taking advantage of you. He really is. And by the way, love is not selfish. This guy is using you. And when he's done with you, he will throw you out, like that dishcloth or that cloth that you're using to wipe his house, and then you'll be history. You know, I've, I've listened to people calling you at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're crying, crying because they did not set boundaries. You know, the boundaries got smudged or smudged or whatever. And now, somebody has been left in tears. They don't know what to do because of wrong boundaries, boundaries that they just didn't stick to. It's not funny. It's not really fun. I mean, we can you know, sort of make light of it now, but it really isn't. It's very painful. So set boundaries. Be very, very clear about what you will not allow and what you will allow in your life, you know? Even with relatives. You know, people can just walk into your life and do whatever they want just because they're related to you. Take, help yourself, help themselves to whatever, you know, whatever you have. And especially, anyway, yeah, let me not say this, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 Van be Africans, my fellow Africans. Van Nange. You know, somebody arrives at your house at four o'clock in the morning. The, the person didn't even call you. Simanya, I have an issue, I wanted to solve it, I came to town, there were some things I need to process, can you help me with the da 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 I'm like, eh, but now, why did you at least call me, you know? So, anyway, I don't want to go into too much detail, but learn to set boundaries, especially as a single person, because people will try and take advantage of you and your singleness, and you need to take, uh, set boundaries, stick to those boundaries. And then when you get married, be clear also about your boundaries. Because once you've done them, once you've got into the routine of being clear about your boundaries as a single person, even in marriage, it will really, really help. You'll be amazed how many marriages get destroyed because anybody is allowed to walk in and give all sorts of advice. Many, much of it is actually ungodly advice. 
and one person buys into it, the other person says, oh, your in-laws are and it's going on and on and on. So be clear about what your boundaries are, okay? Okay, still with me? Boundaries. The other area of boundaries is in purpose, in purpose. Um, we talked about boundaries in relationships, but there's also boundaries in our purposes. As single people, this is the best time to discover your purpose. What is your God-given purpose? Okay? Um, have you noticed when you, when you read the Bible, many of the godly men and women, uh, their purpose was revealed to them when they were single? Did you notice that? Have you noticed that? From people like Solomon, Samuel, David, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Many of them, because in singleness, you have the ability to really focus on God and listen to him, and he can reveal your, you know, your direction in life. This is where I want you to go uh, without any, any, any distractions. And the reality is, even if you don't have it 100%, like, you know, you know, each day of the next 500 days, this is what I'm going to do, but at least have a general idea. Have a general idea of where you want to go, what you want to do, you know. And then you can be focused in it. You can set boundaries around it to ensure that you fulfill it and not be distracted from it. Jesus had very clear boundaries, very clear. If you study his life and what he allowed in his life, what he didn't allow in his life concerning his purpose, he was very clear. Many times, even his family, his disciples would attempt to, you know, uh, Peter would one, one time told him, oh, you don't need to die. And Get thee behind me, Satan. Can you imagine that? You need to say that. Learn how to say that politely, <laughs> you know. Get thee behind me, Satan. If somebody's diverting you from a, from a purpose, we follow Jesus, we do what he said, okay? So do not waver from that, okay? By the way, this is one of the best ways to identify your future husbands and wives. If you have an idea of where you're going, then you can know who to hang around with if they're going in the same direction or who to not hang around with if they're going in the wrong direction. You know, there's a famous saying by, um, in this story, Alice in Wonderland, if you don't know where you're going, you guys never read Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> any road will take you there. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So, if you're just going along and somebody comes along, you go with them. If they're going this way, you go with them. You go, no, 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 you go with them. Before you know it, 50 years have passed. Where is your life going? You have no idea because you just go along with everyone. What is your purpose? You know, um, Rory finished last, last week with an interesting story about man who was setting off to Hong Kong, I think? Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, we make light of these things, but the reality is, these things are real. Okay, these things are really real. I know as a couple, um, I knew them as single, actually, initially, when they were singles, and they were very passionate for the Lord. I knew them initially before they met, they were very passionate for the Lord, um, and they were both Africans, but living abroad. So one of them felt called. They really, really wanted and they were passionate to set up a church in, in uh, Europe, somewhere in Europe. Um, and they were living in Europe at the time, so they really wanted to set up a church in Europe, ministering very specifically to the African diaspora in Europe. Okay, so he was very, this guy was very specific. And he was a brilliant, brilliant worship leader. He was gifted. I mean, when this guy led worship, it would be like Solomon's temple at dedication. Literally, the place would be so heavy with the manifest presence of the Lord. So that's how he was gifted. And he was very, very clear about his purpose. And then um, the lady was actually also from Africa, but she had lived in the US for a long time. Um, and then moved to Europe, and, and that's how they met. But she was always very clear about the fact that she wanted to come back home to Africa 
Um, she wanted to raise her family in Africa um, and, and so on. So she was very, very clear about her journey. So they met. And at the time they met, um, I had known them separately, but um, I had left. Um, and when she called me and told me, yeah, by the way, we're getting married, I, my first thought was, but wait a minute, aren't you kind of going different directions? But okay, I didn't voice that, but I, I, I figured out they had kind of figured out what to do or how to reconcile those differences. So they, they had a beautiful wedding, very, very beautiful. I mean, really uh, one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever seen. Um, and I kind of lost touch with them. Uh, and then I met up with the lady, I think about four years later. So I was like, oh, how is things? How's marriage? How is so-and-so, the husband? And she says, actually, we're, we're getting a divorce. And I'm thinking, four years, really? I mean, what happened? And she said, it turned out that actually, and, and I want to go into a lot of details, but basically, um, they, they came to Africa um, because she convinced him to come to Africa and try out at least, you know, and see how it goes. And he hated it. I mean, one thing about this continent, you either love it or you hate it. That's a reality. <laughs> he hated it with a passion. He hated it. And then, you know, frustrations began to, they, used to, they began to take out all these frustrations against each other, and it became very, very intolerable. So eventually, they basically split up. But it was really an, an issue of, you know, the lesson here is your purpose. What are you here for? Explore that in your singleness. Be clear about which direction you're going. Because then that will help you to, you know, to, to identify, okay, this people are going that direction, I'm going this direction. Bye, have fun, let me go this direction. You understand? Not just let me follow them because they are all together and I'm having fun with them. That is not really the right thing. Set boundaries, be clear about what God wants you to do in this life and follow that. Amen? Amen. Amen.